0: Morning. Uh, the excitement with which these children run down here makes me want to follow them. So um, adults, I totally understand. If you want to get up and go to Children's Church, you might be out of place, um, but uh, you're probably more than welcome to do that. Uh, it's good to be with you this morning, and, and uh, thank Pastor Rob for the privilege and the trust of, of standing in for him today, and, and um, just pray that the Lord's Spirit would move during this time. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Um, We are looking today at this idea of my generation. I've entitled the message, My Generation Living with Faith Forward Urgency. And so um, get that thought in your head. And the big idea today, as we look at this passage, is that God led people, bottom line, invest in future generations. Um, God led people invest in and future generations, we've heard the testimony of this saint that has gone on uh, to eternity uh, this morning, beloved member of this church. And certainly a life that was lived faith forward, um, as Pastor Rob said, impacting many. Um, and this is the message uh, that we we need to hear today. And so hopefully it will challenge your hearts and impact your lives as we let the word of God sink into us and think in terms of God led people investing in future generations. If you would, stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word, Psalm 78. We're going to be in verses 1 through 8. God's word says this, I cried out to God, oh, I'm sorry, that's Psalm 77, just kidding. Um, Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter hidden things uh, things from old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their their children. We will tell them uh, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children that they would put their trust in God, they would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him." This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father God, thanks for this time that you've given us. God, we pray that you would guide us in your truth today. Um, God, we, we just pray that your spirit would move. And maybe um, for some of us, this is a passage that we've heard before, or these ideas we've heard before, but God, they certainly bear repeating. And so challenge us in new ways today. Challenge us in fresh ways today. God, speak to us um, in, in ways that, that maybe uh, we haven't heard you in a while. God, we just pray that you would have your way among us your spirit would move freely and we would walk in obedience as a result. God, we commit this time to you and we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a seat. As we jump in today, I want to start out with um, asking a question. How many of you are music fans? Any music fans out there? A lot of music fans. Today we live in like the music lover's paradise. You can stream just about anything at any time, okay? Um, you can customize your, the soundtrack of your life, right? Um, I love music, um, I have obscure music taste, so um, if we got into a conversation about my playlist, you would probably look at me a little puzzled. Um, those things just don't go together, right? Um, uh, my brand is not necessarily on in regards to my music, it's very confusing, uh, but that's me, I'm kind of eclectic, I am a child of the 80s, talking about generations, right? Um, I'm a child of the 80s, true child of excess, all right? Um, so so that's where I came up, uh, I was born in 71, most of my life that I remember was lived lived in the 1980s, so I apologize in advance, Uh, but as we think about music, uh, how many of you have heard the the band The Who, anyone heard the band The Who, there's a song called My Generation, right, and here's, here are the lyrics, I'll read some of these lyrics to you, very profound lyrics, Um, people try to put us down, okay, you finished the phrase, talking about my generation, okay. Uh, just because we get around talking about my generation, um, things they do look awful c cold Finish the phrase, talking about my generation. I hope I die before I get old. Talking about my generation. Okay, yeah. So you can always hear that, right? So kind of bounce along. Now, whether or not you came from the '60s, you know, uh, grew up during that time, I don't know. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a little quiz, all right? I want you to finish the lyrics. Here's some songs. Uh, first of all, as we look at um, this idea of being a God-led people, investing in future generations, let's go back to the 1950s. Okay, let's go back to the 1950s. I'll give you uh, a little uh, song lyric. You finish the phrase, all right? Well, you can knock me down and, someone knows it, step in my face. You can slander my name all over the place. Now you know it. You can do anything that you want to do, but uh honey, lay off of my shoes. All right? Don't you step on my blue suede shoes. 1950s. Let's jump to the 1960s to move in kind of fast here. 1960s. Um, oh, yeah, I'll tell you something. I think you'll understand. When I say that something, I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. Okay. 1970s, good. You guys are entertaining me this morning. Um, Here, 1970s, let's go to the 1970s, weird decade, as all of these were. We could take a selection at the beginning of each of these decades, and it looks much different at the end of these decades. But right out of the middle of the 70s, maybe it's an indicator of how weird it was. Is this the real life? Is this the fantasy? We're caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Let's skip to the end of that verse. Any way the wind blows doesn't really... Matter to me. All right. Bohemian Rhapsody from the group Queen. Let's go to my decade, the 80s. Uh, I had a really hard time selecting a lyric here, but I'm going to go with this. Yo, VIP, let's kick it. Ice, 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 ice. All right. Stop. Collaborate. And Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me, flows like a harp. Harpoon, harpoon. Why? Vanilla Ice put the word harpoon in a song lyric. We'll never know. Daily in, will it ever stop? I, I hope so. Uh, turn off the lights and I'll flow. All right, I'm proud of you. Okay, let's go to the 90s. Um, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think our millennials are clicking in here. They're excited. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. Oh, that's great. All right, let's go. Uh, 2000s, we've got a couple more here, and then I promise we'll be done. Oh, I know that I can't take no more. It ain't no, see if anyone knows, lie. I wanna see you out that door, baby. Bye, bye, bye. And everyone, okay. Um, don't wanna be a, Full for you, just another play in your game for two. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Okay, very good. Last one right here. Um, let's go to the 2010s, more recent, and I think that will include all of our generations in this one right here. Don't let them in. Don't let them see. Just be the good girl, You've always had to be concealed, don't feel. Don't let them know, but now they what? Oh, they know. Let's sing it together. Let it go, let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm, oh, come on. Rage on. Finish the line. The cold never bothered me anyway. Okay, give yourselves a nice round of applause. You guys did well. And thank you for bearing with me in my sick little game. Okay, so let's think about generations. When we think about generations, um, uh, we all, no matter what generation we come from, We we are formed by, marked by our generation, right? Whether that's tendencies, preferences, interests, trends, viewpoints, preferences, habits, um, current events, shared experiences, style, music, um, it's fashion, it's art, it's entertainment, it's idiosyncrasies. Listen, all of us are formed by our generation that we grew up in. Um, Also, we have to remember that each of us was once part of the next generation, all right, and what we're going to do today is what I want to encourage you with and challenge you with, we're in a youth pastor search here at Northwest Baptist Church looking at youth ministry. We're going to talk about the next gen in terms of um, uh, children through youth, but we're going to use this term Gen Z a lot today, so I want to say that's the generation we're going to refer to most often here, but I want us to understand as we talk about this urgency of faith-forward living with the next generation, we have to understand that we're all formed by that, and we were once the previous next generation, Right? And so people looked at us in different ways. Adults had issues with us. They questioned us. Um, There there were those dynamics that we brought to the table as well. And and often we have a hard time remembering that. And too often we forget that we were once the next generation. Um, And so as we think today in terms of the next generation, sometimes it might be easier to look down on other generations, whether the next generation coming behind us or whether the generation ahead of us, right, And you don't have to go uh, through many memes, um, through through much social media to see that tension played out. Um, And uh, as we think about the next generation, we often interpret the world through our own generational distinctives, right? So this is who I am as a generation, right? I'm a Gen Xer, amen? Gen Xers, okay. I'm a baby boomer, amen? Baby boomers, right? I'm a Gen Zer. I'm a Millennial. What, you know, we we marked by our generation. When we should interpret the world, we should interpret the generation that's coming befi- behind our generation, or the generation ahead of us, or generations ahead of us, uh, according to the Word of God. According to the Word of God, not our generational distinctives. So for today, we'll walk you through this youth pastor search, considering the history of legacy and engagement and investment of Northwest Baptist Church, all of those dynamics together in the lives of our children and youth, our youth ministries, our children's ministries. Listen, we should interpret um, our worldview and what we how we see um, the next generation, those generations behind us, according to the Word of God, or the generations ahead of us. So that's what I hope to do today is we pray this, um, God, just deepen our desire, deepen our resolve, and deepen our passion for the next generation. A really quickly background, this is a mascal of Asaph is what it says in your scripture. Um, it, it's, a, it's a didactic, it's a teaching, it's an instructional song right? So much of the Psalms is like dripping with emotion, right? If you want to take your raw emotion to scripture and say, God, what can you do with this? Run to Psalms. But here we have a didactic instructional teaching. It almost starts like, like we would hear many Proverbs start, right? Um, What does it say in verses one through three, Psalm 78? It says, Oh, my people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. And so so he's going to reveal in parables, he's going to speak these dark sayings or these hidden sayings that have been hidden from old, right? Why? There's something, uh, a reason why he's going to reveal these, and it's for future generations as we're going to get into. But this is a, a teaching, historical psalm where he's recounting God's past deeds, his provision and his compassion and his faithfulness, even in the midst of Israel's disobedience, and so, so he's reflecting on all these things. That's what will fill Psalm 78. In Psalm 77, there's, there's a, this promise or this commitment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about these things that God has done. We've read it in Psalm 175. We're gonna get to that in just a minute. And we've read part of that Psalm as well. Um, but it's, it's him recounting this historical account of how God's provided. And so as we look at Psalm 136 that we, we read earlier, that his steadfast love endures what? Forever. And this is the story that Asaph is telling, that he's instructing on, and he wants the future generations to know, the children of their forefathers. And so regarding the next generation, here are three things, okay, three things um, that God's people do. First of all, God's people regard the next generation, regard the next generation. Verse four, let's look what it says. We will not hide them, what? Um, uh, These sayings, these hidden things, these things that have been unknown, we're gonna reveal them, we're gonna not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. Listen, you don't intend to tell unless you have regard, you're mindful of the future generation, those people around you. You tell with intent, and intent means regard. You're mindful of them, right? So let's be mindful of this generation we're in. I don't wanna bog you down in a bunch of statistics. But I'm gonna bog you down in a bunch of statistics. Not, not many, okay? Let's talk about Gen Z really quickly so we know who we're talking about. Um, Gen Z, um, born in the roughly the late 90s through 2010. Some may say 96, 97. That would go all the way through 2012 to 2015. So we're talking somewhere in the range of five to 10-year-olds would be in the next generation. So we're not even considering um, the millennials as we talk about the next generation. Um, many of us are sitting as, as adult millennials. In this audience, okay, in, in the congregation today. Um, and, and we're not considering even Gen Alpha, which is a name that's been tagged to Millennials' Children, right? Um, the next generation, because what's after Z? A Alpha. Starting over, okay, so that's, we're not even considering that really, but when we talk about Gen Z, we're talking about really today, middle school, high school students. If we think in terms of, God, what do you want us to do in this youth pastor search? How can we reach the next generation? Where's the opportunity? Where's the urgency? And so there's 72 million in the US alone, in this age group, Gen Z. 72 million. Out of that, um, let's look at um, 20% say attending church, according to Barner Research, very important. 20% of that 72 million say that attending church is very important. That leaves 57.6 million not connected to the local church. 57.6 million Gen Zers not connected to the local church. Well you would say, well that's, that seems to be a problem, right? Um, there seems to be con- some, some concern there and there is some concern there. But there's also great opportunity and we'll continue to talk about that. So 57 million, as a matter of fact, if you took those 57 million that aren't connected to the the local church, they would comprise the largest state in our union. The largest state. Listen, by 18 million people ahead of California, the largest state in our union, and then I did a little pressing and thought, well, what size country would they be? They would be the 26th largest country in our world. This is the unchurched portion of Gen Z the largest, 26 largest country, ahead of some pretty big players up there. Maybe you've heard of Myanmar, maybe you've heard of Kenya, South Korea, Colombia, and all that little country of Spain. Like, that's pretty serious. It's a lot of people. So when we think in terms of that, and assuming that the majority of that 57.6 million people who aren't connected to the local church, according to statistics, is probably not believer, not saved they're non-christian gen z is an unreached people group right here in our backyard right here among us we have an opportunity to impact an unreached people group and that should get us excited right it should it should encourage us that there's work to be done um, let's look at some other statistics, 65 to 80 percent, depending on what statistic you read, what study you read are saved before the age of 18, so come to faith in Christ before the age of 18. Um, within that, and most of those come to, age, uh, come to faith before age 13, and so let's elevate the importance of children's ministry in the mix of children's and youth ministry, a lot of urgency that we would see students come to faith. 95 um, percent of people come to faith before they're 30 years of age most of those by 21, most of those by 21. So if you don't reach students and children by the time they turn 21, well, then the odds grow increasingly dim that they will ever come to faith. So there's work to be done, right? We need to be mindful of the generation that is coming up behind us and that we have the opportunity and that is around us to impact, to impact. Um, Some other distinctives right here, 48% of Gen Z is non-white. So it's the most diverse generation that we've ever seen. Um, Here in the United States and really globally, listen, we have to understand there is a great diverse opportunity for us. And so when we think in terms of these things, um, the next gen is the now gen, okay? Next gen is now gen. If we wait to consider how we might reach, if we wait for a better opportunity, if we wait for another time, we've missed it. And so if we're thinking about next-gen ministry, it's youth and it's children and it's those little bitty babies and it's the generation what? Yet to come. Yet to come. And so so this is what's before us and this is what we need to be mindful of. And listen, God-led people are mindful of future generations, are mindful of this, aware of this. There is urgency now. There is urgency now. We're on a 30-year decline in the Southern Baptist Convention in all age groups, really, in baptism. And it's the worst kind of uh, of decline. It's a slow bleed over that period of time. In baptisms, youth baptisms, children's baptisms, extreme decline. So there's opportunity. There's opportunity because there are people, they're all around us, and and, and they're at a crossroads, a critical crossroads of their life in coming to faith in Christ. So we need to be mindful Of those things. So listen, we can't wait to think about it. We can't lay down the cause of reaching future generations. Listen, when you call a new youth pastor, you're calling a missionary to an unreached people group. You're calling a missionary. When you you think in terms of, of reaching future generations, listen, you as a body are commissioned to the mission field. So it's just like if we would go to Kenya or South Korea or, or Myanmar, um, it's a different context, but the need is the same. We need to be mindful of the need, mindful of that. We need to regard um, future generations. This is reality. There is great need. There is great hope. And so there is great opportunity. And it's a great challenge for us today. Um, and so because of that, we're mindful we do the second thing in regards to future generations and that's engaged. Look at verses five through six. Five through six. God's word says, he decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. Why? So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born and they in turn would tell their children. It's a beautiful picture of how we pass along faith, right? And we share the goodness of God, the good deeds, the great deeds of God, so others would know. But that means that we are, are not only mindful, but what? We engage. We have to engage the culture, right? We have to engage the culture. Listen, we cannot see the culture. Um, we cannot see the culture as, as a negative thing to be avoided. We can't see it as a negative thing to be avoided. And let me just tell you this, Gen Z, the next gen, is our culture. It's our culture. And and so we can't avoid it. Listen, that's the environment in which God has placed us. And and it's not only that we would be mindful of that. um, Oh, look at all the Gen Zers who need the Lord. And just make note, note to self, great need, great opportunity, do nothing about it. No, it's a call not to just be mindful, but there's a call here to engage with the gospel in a, in a generation, in, in, a, in a people group that is in such dire need. And you as a church have done that. You've been faithful to do that. And so, so the, the, the call here, um, the encouragement, the exhortation is this, keep doing that. Keep reaching children and youth with the gospel. And when they grow up, that they would work into that as well. And we would keep reaching youth and children and the generations yet to be born with the good news of Jesus that we were dead in our sins and God gave us a way to be made right with him so that we place our faith and trust in him. He could restore us and he could forgive us. We could walk in new life and walk in abundant life and walk in everlasting life. This is the task that God has given us even to generations yet to be born. The next generation of ministry, listen, is fresh, and it's ripe, and it's ready, and it's constant, and it's raw, and it's important, and it's urgent, and it's meaningful, it's worthwhile. It's a missionary effort. It's a missionary effort. We have to be mindful of that. We have to regard it. Um, We can't see the culture as something to run from. All the way through Scripture, we see God engaging the culture. We see God's people engaging the culture We see uh, biblical writers urging the church to engage the culture with the gospel. We see it in the incarnation, right? God comes to earth, puts on skin and sandals, right? He is the living God. He dwells among us. He lives a perfect life and dies the sacrifice that we need to forgive us of our sins. He engages culture. He doesn't hold back. Psalm chapter 102, um, we see the psalmist write in, in verse 18, let, it, let this be written, let it be written that the generations yet to be born may praise the Lord. And so, so we're writing not just for the sake of writing, we're, we're learning and we're growing and we're worshiping and we're doing all these things as the body of Christ. Not, not just for our own good, but it's so others would know. It's so a future generation would praise the Lord and come into a relationship with him. And recognize his works and tell future generations behind them uh, of the same. Psalm 102. What about Psalm 145, verses 4 through 6? Let's turn there. We had it on the screen as we read with David just a moment ago. Psalm 145, 4 through 6. One generation will commend your works to another. One generation will engage another generation, right? One generation will commend your worship another, to tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. Those wonderful works will tell the power of your awesome works, and what? I will proclaim. Listen, we don't proclaim to no one. Maybe the chairs last week, right? That was funny. You can laugh. That was kind of funny. I mean, it was timely. I thought it was well played. Um, and no one laughed, but it's okay. It's like me every day at my house. I'm floating jokes, looking for fist bumps, and never come. Uh, so listen, we, we don't proclaim to no one. Like there's an end receiver of that, right? There's like a, someone we're engaging with the good news of the gospel. We're proclaiming this message. Um, let's look at other examples, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We can't hear it enough. Jesus says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. Intentionally get involved with the culture and do this work that I've called you to. Make more disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I'm with you always in the presence and the power of the Spirit. We engage the culture. So others will come to faith and do the same. And so, so we move on, right? Um, we, we see in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, that we're to live at peace with every man. Live at peace, well, that's a timely message for us today, that we would live at peace with every man. Why? So we would find favor with the gospel, so we'd be able to engage the culture and so we would be living out the love of the Lord in culture. 1 Peter 3.15, be ready to give a reason for the hope. We don't just give a reason to ourselves or convince one another who are already convinced. And so we can give a reason for the hope we have to the culture, to the lost, to the outsider. Ephesians 5.16, make the most of every opportunity for the days are evil. Um, Colossians 4.5, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. These Over and over and over, these are messages of engagement for God's people to engage the culture. And so listen, church, brothers, sisters, there's no age and there is no stage of life that excludes us from this work of engaging because we are mindful of the culture, mindful of the generations that are behind us, mindful that the generations that we're among, we we engage, we engage. Listen, if that doesn't get us stirred up, We need to check our pulse and we need to do some business with the Lord and say, God, what what work do you have for me to do because he's given us the work to do. All this assumes engagement with the culture, all of it. Next gen is the now culture because you know what? They're here. They're here and we can't run from them, right? For some of you, that scares you to death. It scares the living daylights out of you to think that I'm going to have to engage with a generation that I don't understand, a generation that I, that I thought I, I, I was through, right? I thought I was through when, when my kids graduated and got their own house, and I'm an empty nester. I thought I was done with all that. But listen, church, God's calling us to be mindful of and to engage a generation <laughs> there's a desperate need of the gospel and we can't be afraid. We can't run from it. We can't shrink back from it. We can't shirk our responsibility. It's not something to run from, but it's something to engage, to infiltrate, to light up with the light of Christ. We engage the culture with and in the love of the Lord. So we often respond to the culture um, with, with hostility and fear rather than in humility and with love. And following Christ, listen, church is not defeatist. What does it say in 2 Timothy chapter one? God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, I just kicked that light, sorry guys. Not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Love and of power and of sound mind, self-discipline. God has put in us because of his spirit the ability to engage culture um, confidently, boldly, and to face Fears that once scared us, we can engage, engage culture. But listen, there's danger in this. There are ways that we engage culture. Just a note on this, we engage the next generation incorrectly. And often we do more harm, we do more damage than we do good. And so let us always be mindful, surrendering to the power of the Spirit, surrendering to the authority of Christ in our lives. God, what is the best way I can engage the culture? But by all means, Engage the culture. Engage the culture. We engage, finally here, so we can provide a faith foundation and enduring example to future generations. Look at verses 7 through 8. So verse 6 says, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children, here's why, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. And so so let's back up. We're not just mindful for our own good. We're not just mindful of the next generation so so we will have done some good things in church. We don't just engage because we get to put some badge on our vest. Um, or feel good about this work that we've produced. And listen, I know you're capable people. Your church is a capable church. And you guys and ladies have done great work throughout the years, generation to generation. But we don't do that just for our own good. We do it for the glory of God. And so those who don't know will know. And so, so, so here's the result is we're not just living this faith so we can be dressed up nice little believers who have all the parts in place. And listen, if we're really depressed, none of us have all the parts in place. We may try to convince ourselves and others that we, we, we have it all together, but in truth, we're just saved sinners in need of a savior and we're walking this life and we need to tell others to come with us. And so we engage, why? We're mindful of and we engage so we can provide this faith foundation for future generations through an enduring example of what it looks like to love the Lord and to walk in his truth. And and to come in line and be obedient to the things that he teaches. This is what God's called us to. So we provide this faith foundations. We tell of God uh, so future generations would know him, set their hope in him, trust in him, um, remembering, not forgetting what God has done. So that they would walk in obedience and keep his commands and then tell their children, right? Why? So their children would know. So their children would set their hope in God. They would trust in God, so they would walk in his commands. Do you see how this plays out? The result is a steadfast future generation, surrendered, willing, faithful, not forsaking and unfaithful like their fathers. And so this is what God's called us to, to be mindful of, to engage the next generation and to provide a faith foundation and an enduring example for them. This is disciple-making played out, Right? What have we been talking about the past couple of weeks? This is like faith forward urgency, right? The past two weeks we've looked at worship, right? Driving disciple making, driving everything we are. We've looked at prayer centering us um, in in the power and the presence of God and to do the work that God's called us to as a church that prays and seeks the heart of God, to know his will. And all that's done in community, okay, spoiler, next week, right? Um, So it's coming. Rob's already spoiled it. So, I mean, he's told us. If you were paying attention, he's told you. So don't be mad. Don't at me, okay? Um, listen, a follower in a church, listen, we provide a foundation of faith and an example to future generations. That's what God's called us to. It's disciple-making played out. It's disciple-making played out. So what can, what can we do, right? Here's some things we can do. First of all, we can pray often. Be mindful Ask the Lord for future generations, the youth pastor search, our youth and children's ministry uh, leaders, and our ministries for stamina, endurance, motivation, creativity, and engaging this lost people group, right? That needs needs is in need of a savior. And empowering, encouraging our, our believing students, our faithful students to, to do that work as well. Favor and influence with the next generation. These are things we can pray. Pray often. That's one thing you can do. Here's the second thing you can do is that you can engage diligently, put to exercise your passion for the loss, embrace the culture, however broken it is. Listen, we can be very good at, caveat, very good at insulating and isolating from the culture, Because we found a comfortable place. And the church should be a community. It should be a comfortable place. But this is a community not existing for the sake of the community. It's a a community existing for the sake of those who are not a part of the community. Which means we engage diligently. Exercising our passion for the lost. um, Embracing brokenness in our culture. Investing life on life. Speaking, modeling, handing it over. Supporting those who do and those students who have come to faith. Listen, we need to be active players in next generation ministry. And so if you're not, figure out how you can be. Got something else going on, add it. And that means you can pray, you can participate, you can show up, you can come to the table and reaching an unreached people group is a desperate need of the gospel. Lots of different ways to do that. Lots of different ways. Invest. And then finally, live faithfully. Live faithfully for the sake of future generations. Listen, this is when scripture comes alive to us. It's when Christian walk comes alive for us. Philemon verse six says, I pray that you may be active in the sharing of your faith. Better interpretation, the participation of your faith. Because we use that as an evangelism verse, and and it can be, but we participate in our faith. Why? So we would have a full understanding of everything we have in Christ Jesus. Listen, if we're not living faithfully, understanding that there's a reason we do that, then we're quickly gonna lose sight of why we live that faith and it's gonna become old and, and stagnant and boring and just no end except in and of ourselves and that's not how God intended our faith and so live faithfully for future generations, right? For future generations. Listen, the prayer, the mindfulness, the engagement, the living as an example is not as much for the next generation or future generations today this message, but it's for us. Will we be faithful? Will we be faithful so future generations will know and will trust and will follow? So will we see them as my generation? I'm gonna go after them, I'm gonna be a part of that, I'm gonna support that effort. And, and what's my responsibility, my, 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 my generation? Like, what's my responsibility in this? What's my generation's part to play in advancing the gospel and reaching the lost and seeing the kingdom go forth in the midst of brokenness and in as great a time of need as I could ever remember in my life? Listen, we need light. So be a part of taking light. So today, how will you respond? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. It's a matter of this. Will you pray? Will you engage Will you live faithfully? And so maybe you need to do business with the Lord today. I'm gonna to ask Kyle and the team to come up as they lead us in a time of invitation and celebration and response. I'm gonna be down here at the front. Rob can join me down here at the front if you need to pray with someone or the altar's open. If you wanna just come and pray for the next generation. If you wanna, students, pray for your friends. Listen, uh, your responsibility, uh, responsibility is this, to reach your peers with the gospel and to be an active light in the world. So maybe it's praying, maybe it's engaging the culture, maybe it's a matter of getting involved in service in some way and just praying, asking the Lord to reveal that to you. Or maybe, maybe it's, it's uh, um, a matter of just living faithfully so you can faithfully pass on the, 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 the praise of the Lord and the good deeds that he's done and the things that he's done and the goodness he's shown us in Christ. So Father, we commit this time to you. We ask that you would guide our hearts in your truth and God, lead us to obey you as you're calling us to obey you. God, I pray we would be free in this place today to respond to your spirit. That we wouldn't hold back. We wouldn't hesitate. But God, we would, we would take action um, in regard to, to future generations and how we live that out and how we pass along faith to those in need each and every day. God, challenge us, change us, move us in new and different, fresh ways. God, we love you. We commit this time of response to you. We pray this in Jesus' name.